Hello lovely people, Lucy here from Luna Silverstein. Today's podcast is all about what to expect on a government-funded ME course. I just want to make it clear before I start talking, depending where you are in the country or in the world, there are different courses run by different health boards. This course that I'm talking about might well be similar to other ones, but it could be completely different. It's just to give you an idea, and even if you aren't planning to attend a free government-funded ME course, some of the takeaways from this blog might well be useful for you. So, at the start of the blog, I talked about my ME diagnosis journey. It was a long journey. I'd always been tired from quite a young age, and I know people just put it down to me growing or being a teenager or whatever, but I was always quite tired and I got ill quite easy. But after a while, I ended up bed-bound. I was going through the court case with regards to putting my abuser in prison and the stress of it made me so ill but I just kept working kept working to the point where I'd end up leaning on walls as I was trying to walk in work and I just got so exhausted that I took off the week and then that week became another week and then another month and then another month and in the end I had to resign because I just wasn't getting better I thought I was going to get better quite quickly but it didn't happen that way so I lost my job and I ended up having to move in with a friend because I couldn't look after myself. I wasn't able to stand up and cook. I struggled to get to the bathroom, so I wasn't drinking as much water in order to not need the bathroom as much, which then led to dehydration. And I lost a lot of weight as well. I lost over dress size just from being ill because I couldn't cook. Doctors did numerous tests and all the blood tests came back normal. At first, they thought that I had this thing called Addison's disease, which is an adrenal problem. And they treat it with steroids so my doctor went out on a limb and started treating me with steroids so I was taking a really high dose every day and after a while I started to feel great but the problem with that is you can't take it forever the side effects are awful when you come off it and they're just not good for you they can affect your fertility they can affect your bone density they can make you go bald they can make you gain weight I went to see an endocrinologist who did another test and decided it wasn't Addison's and then he referred me to the chronic fatigue team. Once I got an appointment, I had a two, two and a half hour assessment where I had to fill in lots of questionnaires about how I'd been in the past week, but also how things had been, how long I'd been ill, how difficult things were, whether I was tired for days on end after doing a particular thing. After that, I was diagnosed with ME. Just a little note, I use ME and chronic fatigue syndrome interchangeably. There is some debate around whether they are the same thing or not and I'm not going to get too much into that but just for your understanding of when you read our blogs or listen to our podcasts here at Luna Silverstein we do sometimes interchangeably use those phrases. Yeah I tend to call it ME I think because when I tell people I've got chronic fatigue syndrome people don't know what it is whereas if I tell them I have ME they tend to say oh my aunt had ME or my brother and they seem to get what it is better for some reason so I do tend to use the word ME but I don't know if it's really the term 
a lot of professionals prefer to use chronic fatigue now and I was even told they're looking for a new word for it again just to confuse people even more. So the course contained eight sessions, it was a session a week for eight weeks and it was a two and a half hour session on a Friday afternoon. We attended in small groups, it started off as ten people but by the end it was about six but I don't think this was actually a reflection on the success of the course. The course was really good. I was very happy with it. I think people just either had other commitments or perhaps they weren't ready because in some ways it was quite challenging. And we had a clinical psychologist, a physiotherapist and a nutritionist lead the course. It was mainly the psychologist and the physiotherapist, really. We only had one session with the nutritionist lady. This was a great approach because it was quite holistic. We had it from all sides, people's opinions and very educated, well-informed opinions at that. And each session contained some form of teaching, reflection, discussion and homework. The most useful things I took from the course, the first thing was the diary. (laughs) So at the time we all really resented this bloody diary. We had to keep a diary for the duration of the course. We had to fill it in every two hours detailing what we'd done and the physical, emotional and mental energy it had taken us during that two hour period. And from this we could work out how much energy we were using and what was flaring us up. One of the biggest things I took away from it as well was it's not just physical exertion that leads to an ME flare-up. It's actually emotional and mental energy. I know when I was too tired to do anything, I'd lie there and I'd worry. But equally, I wasn't resting, I was worrying. And the worry was using up energy in just the same way as if I'd have been exercising. I remember them drawing on the board. They drew a well, a water well, and... Say the physical bucket was blue, the mental was red and the emotional was green. And he said you can do lots of little things using the blue bucket, so lots of bits of exercise. And eventually, if you don't give the well time to fill up, it'll drain and you'll have no water or energy left. Equally, you could do the same with the red bucket or the green bucket. You can drain the well. And he said you can also do one massive thing with one massive bucket and drain the well. Then he drew basically scooping out with the blue then the red then the green and that also does it so he was basically stressing to us that you need time for the well to fill back up before you'll have more energy reserves to drain and if you drain it too fast or even if you drain it in lots of different ways then that can lead to flare-up I found it extremely helpful to notice the patterns as well, notice my patterns of, oh, that thing keeps exhausting me, or, wow, did I really just waste an hour worrying about the fact that I haven't dusted the floorboards, (laughs) things like that, like, really stupid things that I used to worry about that I don't actually care about anymore, but things like that used to really drain me and I get ill. So that was helpful. If you'd like to keep one of these diaries, which I do recommend, me and Fiona have made one and put it in the freebie section of our website. I've just done sort of a grid system in exactly the same way. So you can put the day at the top and you can rate your energy and then add it up at the end of the day and note the differences. And Fiona made it all lovely and beautiful. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a depressing, exhausting thing. It can be seen as a good, loving thing that you're doing for yourself. Then the second thing, which ties in quite well with the diary, is pacing. Pacing is so important. So what pacing is all about is stopping as soon as you feel tired or preferably before. With the diary, it helps because you become aware of what makes you tired. 
if you notice the onset of pain or tiredness, you're just supposed to stop. It's a way of rationing energy in order to not wear it out. And as the course went on, they said to us, could you rest while you're not tired? Because once you are tired, it's a bit too late. Or once your back starts hurting or once you start feeling lightheaded or whatever your symptoms are, by that point, you're already flaring yourself up. So if you can stop, if you can rest before that point, then you'll save yourself a heap of trouble later down the line. Something that was really interesting to note was that everybody on the course, including myself, and also including Fiona, who wasn't on the course, but also has ME is that we're all perfectionists we all like things to be completed to a high standard I don't know if any listeners out there with ME feel the same way but I'm not saying it's the case for every single person but it was such a common trait that people were perfectionist and they like to do things immediately and to the best of their ability So the psychologist did this thing that drove us all crazy he threw a box of pens in the middle of the floor and wouldn't let us pick them up throughout the entire two and a half hour session and it drove us all crazy but after a while we learnt to ignore them and we learnt that the world wouldn't end because there were pens on the floor and the same applied to the homework task for that week so we were set a task of doing something be it either cleaning or washing up or doing a piece of work or something and then leaving it half completed and not seeing to it for at least another 24 hours and I really resented this task because I had to leave a mess in the corner of the room and it drove me crazy it was a big test because I started to worry about it and I had to stop myself doing that but I I learned that the world didn't end, that it was fine, nothing bad happened, I just did it when I felt well enough to do it. This is one of the lessons I've really taken into my life and something that's helped me tremendously is for example now if I'm cleaning my room and I'm hoovering so hoovering is something I find really tiring because the vacuum cleaner is heavy if I get halfway through cleaning the floor, hoovering the floor and I start feeling tired I just put it down and I lie down for half an hour, an hour, two hours, however long till I feel, yes, I'm definitely well enough to complete that. And it makes sense because the hoovering still gets done. It takes me longer, but I'm not flaring myself up for two days afterwards. So it's actually more economical with your energy and time than forcing yourself to do the entire thing and then being in flare up for days on end. So that is a major takeaway. Just stop because... It's not noble or admirable to push yourself beyond your limit. It's actually not smart and not loving. Part of it is learning to congratulate yourself when you notice that you've stopped, when you notice, ah, I'm being kind to myself here, I've stopped. I think that's a big thing too, to say, oh, well done, you stopped, rather than, damn you, (laughs) you've not finished it, or damn you, you've pushed yourself too far. So self-love is a big part of it. And we were also taught to either do things if they have to be done and we're able to do them or ditch them. So if it's something that that it doesn't matter if it doesn't get done, it, it could do to be done, but it's not horrendous. Dusting is a prime example. If I'm exhausted, dusting is the last thing I need to do because I need to get myself to the bathroom, to the shower, to cook. That can just be ignored until I've got a good energy day. And then the other D is delegate. So if someone else is perfectly willing to help you with something, like say if putting your things in and out of the washing machine is utterly exhausting for you but your partner it takes them no time and energy at all and they're happy to help you let them that was a big thing and then defer so put off things if you don't need to do it now put it off till when you can do it 
And sometimes when you defer things, you learn that they're actually a ditch. They didn't need doing and they don't get done. And there's no downside to that. But yeah, it was the four Ds. So do, ditch, delegate, defer. The next thing that was useful was mindfulness. So as a Buddhist, I was already aware of mindfulness. But a lot of people in the group weren't and they were sceptical of it because they were saying, oh, it's this big fad. But in the first session, we did a mindfulness of breathing. So focusing on the breath but also on the body and this is super useful for people with ME because if you're trying to pace you have to be aware of what makes you tired you have to be aware of what's going on in your mind and in your body and without that awareness it's no good in hindsight to say oh I should have stopped at that point but I didn't it's helpful to know as soon as you start feeling those things or even before before you feel tired to just be aware is super super useful plus I find that meditation sometimes helps with pain and anxiety so if I'm in pain and I'm really anxious and my urge is to be busy to ignore it if I meditate sometimes I find that I feel a lot better afterwards and the other thing was re-evaluating goals and acceptance in the past we, before we got ME chronic fatigue syndrome we might have been able to walk five miles we might have been able to work full time we might not have been in pain might have been able to do more things socially but part of it was accepting that there's no point comparing yourself to how you used to be you have to learn to live with how you are now and accept that but not in a passive way not saying oh I'm resigned to this forever because once I learned that it was perfectly acceptable that I didn't work anymore because I couldn't. I stopped fretting about it and I got more energy. I saved energy from not worrying and I stopped hating myself because if you hate yourself you're gonna make yourself sick because you're releasing a lot of bad brain chemicals, stress, adrenaline, cortisol, all the things that will trigger your autoimmune system to mess up with EME. It's a threat. Your immune system will react and you'll get a flare up so if you can avoid doing that to yourself and accepting where you are now and that you are good enough you're still a nice person people still want to talk to you you still got a brain you still got opinions and then sometimes the acceptance of that means that you start to get better because you are more self-loving and you care about yourself more and you're happier which can then have a positive effect on the Emmy and learning to celebrate the small victories so rather than thinking oh I didn't walk five miles but oh I did manage to walk to the toilet oh I did manage to do this well done you you did it but equally celebrating the victories of oh I rested today didn't I do well to notice before I flared myself up all these celebrations are important because you're still a worthy person and it's not your fault that you're ill and all you can do is learn to live with it now and I can tell you now I'm a lot better than I was two years ago and life is a lot more enjoyable so part of it is learning to live with and cope with the symptoms but the other part of it is in doing that there is less flare-up so my final thoughts after completing the course I can say that I would highly recommend it to anybody else I really got a lot from it and I still use the techniques today and they're still helping me today also it was quite good to be around other people with me to learn that everybody has those symptoms and you're not just rubbish. I found that really useful. 
It also improved my sense of self-worth. A lot of the course was psychology-based, so what's going on in your head. I know the psychologists pushed quite a few people, but in a kind way, and challenged their beliefs and challenged their perfectionism, and really helped them to see things from a different perspective. The other thing I must say is I know nothing about graded exercise therapy, so some places do graded exercise therapy, which means gradually increasing your activity levels. Personally, I don't think this would have worked for me when I was super ill. Now that I'm not as bad, I do gradually increase my exercise very gradually and I can walk further than I did on a good day and I can cook more than I ever did. But it was very gradual and it was only once I'd learned to pace and I'd learned to be kinder to myself that it was even safe for me to do this. I cannot comment on graded exercise therapy. I can't dismiss it either because I've never done it formally and I do see the benefit in once you are getting a bit better, increasing your exercise gradually. I wouldn't advise you to do this on your own. I think you need professional advice. Seek the right advice. Talk to a medical professional because I I know me and Fiona have both discussed times when we thought we were doing a lot better and oh we're magically cured so then we do something really full-on and physical and end up bedridden for days or weeks or months on end yeah it's definitely important and another thing is I'd really recommend you reading this book that I put on the blog finding freedom escaping from the prison of chronic fatigue syndrome because when you're in the thick of it i think it's quite important to hear that other people have recovered so it is possible so i would highly advise reading positive things so rather than going on websites where people say oh isn't it awful having me all these ideas are rubbish because we'll never get better that's really not helpful because that's a self-fulfilling prophecy i think if you can surround yourself with positive people who are trying and who are realistic that's good because even on the course we weren't allowed to bang on about our symptoms like we weren't allowed to say oh I've been terribly tired and horrendous and like it was almost like we weren't allowed to moan we just had to try and be a bit more productive about it but we could acknowledge things just in a healthy way and I think that's important and I've added some links to the bottom of the site the ME Association UK who have a very good website and then I've added stuff for the American ME Society and Fiona found a link for the Australian one as well. I'm sure whichever country you're in there will be stuff online for you but yeah just keep going you can do it it does get better it's just a case of learning to live with it learning to be kind to yourself and adapting. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit our website lunasilverstein.com.